I've chosen today to talk about this phrase, the glory of the letter house. Everybody say, the glory of the letter house. Amen. Say it maybe really strong, the glory of the letter house. You know, you have heard us say, you have heard all of us say, as we started preaching the book of Haggai, we began to say that this is what God would love for SIB, that the glory of the latter house would be greater than the former. So the question must be, what does it mean? What is, does it really mean that the glory of the latter house would be greater than the former? Now turn with me to the book of Haggai, and I'm going to read, and I, I just thank you so much, Pastor Jeffrey. We must learn to read the Bible. Now, if you never heard Pastor Chu preach this weekend, please go to the podcast. Such an excellent, 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 so excellent. Now, I was saying to myself, why don't you just preach all four services? Huh? Uh, why must I suffer and go through this? But then husbands make wives suffer. One, uh, yeah, you didn't know that, right? Yeah. So, in case whenever you look me suffering, it's my husband that made it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a wonderful message. And he talked about being strong in the spirit. And what Pastor Jeffrey picked up, you can never be strong unless you feed your spirit man. And the only way to feed your spirit man is to read your Bible. It would be a fallacy to think that you can say you love Jesus when you know nothing about him. So turn with me to your own Bibles. I will never put it on the board because then I'm not discipling you. So forgive me. Jesus said, go and disciple. So I want to go to Jesus and say, I did my work. So on the, let's turn to Haggai chapter 2. Verse 1 to 9, and you will read with me in whatever version you have. And I do know some of you did not bring your Bibles. Why don't you share it? Someone, no germs pass one when you share Bible. It's so powerful. Yeah. All right. One, two, three, go. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Speak to Jerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, to Yeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw the house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? I only heard Pastor Jeffrey read, no? Stronger, one, two, three. How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now, be strong, O Jerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Yeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, O you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and on Mount Sinai remains among you. Do not fear. Sorry, my spirit remains among you, not Mount Sinai. Next verse, one, two, three. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations. Underline it. And the des come on, one, two, three. And the desire of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Everybody say, Amen. It's happening right now. Alright? So the question is, 
What is the glory that Mahagai begins to proclaim to the children of Israel? The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Now, it really refers to latter house refers to the times after the book of Haggai, after the book of Malachi. So the times that is going to come after the book of Haggai, after the temple has been built, even as they look at that temple, and it's not a glorious temple. Actually, it is not talking about the temple. Because it says there, I know when you look at this temple that you're building now, it looks terrible. It doesn't have the glory of the, the, the temple of Solomon. In a short while, I'll show you the glory of the temple of Solomon. And it is the glory of the temple of Solomon was that gold was used to cover every part of it. That even it is said in the building of the temple of Solomon, that silver was considered common. People don't even talk about silver in those days. Gold was really the thing that is the splendor. But Haggai, God is telling the children of Israel, don't worry about the gold, don't worry about silver. My latter house is beyond gold, beyond silver. In fact, my latter house would even stand every shakings. When I shake the heaven and I shake the earth, the glory of my house will now be truly glorified. Wow, what is the glory of the latter house. First of all, let me share a little bit about the word glory. The word glory is the word kabod. And the word kabod means weight. It is as if the whole condensation of everything that is God now is condensed into something that is visible. So God's intrinsic, infinite intrinsic worth. And I love John Piper's definition. John Piper's definition is almost like, it's the IPO of infinite beauty and worth of God. Can you imagine God doing an IPO? Oh, you're not excited about IPOs, huh? do, you know, do you know something? You may not know this. Uh, every time I do something, I always tell them it's an experiment. It's pre-IPO. Then they ask me, so when is the IPO? I said, later, later. IPO means it's made public. So I love, what, I, love, I love what John Piper says. The public display of the infinite beauty and worth of God. When will the glory of God be manifested that there'll be a public display of the infinite beauty and the worth of God? And look, God's glory, come on, why don't we read this sentence about God's glory? One, two, three, go. God's glory is the radiance of His holiness, the radiance of His manifold, infinitely worthy and valuable perfections. How on earth can God in a moment show His glory? Now, I want to give you some Old Testament references. In the times of Moses, the glory of God was seen as fire coming down. It was in the presence of the building of the tabernacle. I'll show you uh, Solomon's temple. When Solomon built his temple, the glory of Solomon's temple was not really the gold and the silver. The glory of Solomon's temple was when the cloud, when the presence of God came. And so great was the glory that when the glory of God came, the people could not, could not enter the temple. So the question then, what actually is the glory of God? Now, to this, I want you to think, uh, I want to refer you to an incident in Moses' life. In Exodus chapter 33, that's why you must read your Bibles because we cannot teach you the whole Bible in 40 minutes. In Exodus 33, Moses comes before God and says, God, show me your glory. Well, it's a very bold question, right? 
Have you, you know, we sing the song, show me your glory, show me your glory. Are you sure or not? Because in the olden days, uh, if you're not well prepared, uh, you get barbecued or no? Yeah. I don't know why people like to sing that song uh, and then they think it's so nice, so nice. The glory of God is not a feeling. The glory of God is not an emotion. The glory of God is not even, even though we can feel it. Do you know when the glory of God comes, there is a tingling sensation sometimes. There's a weight upon us as if something of a cloud is way beyond that. So for someone to say like Moses, show me your glory. Do you know what God's answer to him is? Look at it. Exodus chapter 33. All right. Exodus chapter 33. First, I refer to 33. Turn to it if you like, but I'll just give it to you. In verse 17, Moses says, show me your glory. And then in verse 18, God, now what is the glory of God? What was God going to say? He says, I'll let all my goodness pass before you. Now, what is, why didn't God say the glory of God is His power? Is God powerful? Come on, don't sitting up there. Is God powerful? Is God powerful? Is God wise? You see, the people obsessed are wiser than you. They answer. Because we must declare what is, yes, He is. But what is the ultimate glory of God that God wanted the people on earth to see? His goodness. Everybody say His goodness. We sang this song, right? Uh, like the goodness of God. What is the goodness of God? Now, this is where He tells Moses, go into a rock, I will hide you with my hands so that you don't see my face. Do you know that you really cannot have all the manifestation of God? In those days, in those days. That's why I tell you, why is it we can have it now? Because in those days, something had not, the desire of the nations had not yet come. So even Moses could not experience it. I'll cover you and I'll let all my glory, all my goodness pass before you and I will come. And then he did it. So Moses went into Mount Sinai. God covered him with his own hands and that all his goodness passed by. Exodus, one of my favorite sections of scripture. Exodus chapter 34, and let's read it, proclaim it together. Verse six, come on, it's in, in the screen. One, two, three, go. Do it loud and strong. This is the glory of God. When we talk about the glory of God, we must let Scripture explain Scripture and not imagine. You know, when we sing glory, 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 what is it? It's the goodness of God. What is the goodness of God? So let's proclaim it. One, two, three, go. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generations. The goodness of God. When we sing the song, the love of God, the love of God. Sometimes I worry when we sing words like love simply because it's, it's weak. It's emotional. It's sentimental. But the love of God is not sentimental. The love of God is not emotional. It is way beyond that. It is about this God who is, come on, let's look at it. He's compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. Everybody says slow to anger. Then turn to your husband and says, you are not slow to anger. And then, one more word, abounding. Everybody said abounding. In fact, the word abounding is beyond measure of love and faithfulness. 
maintaining love to thousands. You know, his love goes to thousands, thousands of generations. Forgiving wickedness, rebellion, sins, not just in our generation, even the sins of our forefathers, even generational curses is going to be wiped out. That is the glory of God. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Do you know, in a nutshell, if I were to summarize all this, the glory of God and the goodness of God is the word mercy. Mercy. Surely goodness and love is actually surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Now, why do we need mercy? Because look at the next part of this verse. Never stop reading just on the nice parts. Read the part you don't like as well. Because he does not leave the guilty unpunished, punishing the children and their children's children to the third and fourth generation. That is called justice. So I want to say this. The glory of God must deal with justice and the glory of God is also mercy. So the question now, you and I don't like justice one, but I'm going to tell you this. If someone came to you and they killed your children and they began to rob your house and they began to violate you, what do you cry out for? You don't cry out, Anna. Oh my gosh. What are you going to cry out for? Can you cry for mercy? No, because the guy is going to kill you anyway. You cry for justice. But, of course, none of you, that you are the violator. You are the offender. You, sometimes we don't kill people. When I, sometimes I just take your thing longer than necessary. Uh, and then I forgot to return to you. Uh, I cry to you for mercy. Now, in the glory of God, both the justice of God and the mercy of God is going to meet. And mercy will triumph over judgment. How on earth is God going to do that? The desire of nations must come. Everybody says Jesus is the glory of the latter house. Brothers and sisters, everyone up there say Jesus is the glory of the latter house. Now we need to bring this understanding. You know, I love the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the world, and everything was made through Him. In Him was life, and His life is the light of men. If you and I want to understand the glory of God, we need the light of Jesus Christ. He is the manifestation of God's glory. So let's, let's look at Why don't you join me to go to John chapter 1? Just join me. I know that I only put a little bit up there. But let's read John chapter 1. And we will just read from verse uh, 14. Shall we do that? Just read from verse 14 right up to uh, 17. Are you going to do this? Come. Everybody. Now, I believe that people upstairs are more alive this morning than the people downstairs. So they will read louder than you want for sure. So prove me right, okay? One, two, three, go. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Now everybody read the next few verses. From out of the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But God, the one and only, who is the Father's side, has made him known. Do you know, as I was at the beginning of this year, as I was praying about, you know, we talk so much about the glory of the letter house, the glory of the letter house. God began to say to me, the only way this house can be continued to be glorious, can continue to have the glory cloud of God residing here, is only possible if there is Jesus. It will not be our programs that make us glorious. It will not be the preaching that makes us glorious. It will not be our worship that makes us glorious. Much as it is good, it's the glory of the church of the living God, the glory of the whole world. A glory is Jesus Christ. Which is why I want to say this to you. In any church where Christ is not manifested and preached and shared and declared, you can have good works, but there's no glory. I'm very convinced. The Lord began to say to me, look at the problems of the world. I am the only one, the only hope, the only glory. And in fact, the Lord began to say to me, sharing Jesus Christ must be our ultimatum. Because the glory, you know, I was just speaking to someone yesterday and she's like coming to church but know nothing about Jesus. I said, well, for you come to church then. And then she says, uh, Christianity, Islam, all same. I said, then why do you come to church? I said, coming to a church don't make you a, Christ, don't make you a Christian. Like going to McDonald's don't make you a hamburger. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, you can come, but you must know Jesus. Jesus is the glory of this house, not our programs. Turn to someone and say, Jesus is the glory of this house. Come on, say it strong. Amen. Why? Number one, all the fullness of God is in Christ, Colossians. That means the whole weight of God. If you were to say, what is the whole, remember the word glory is the weight, the condensation, the public display. If God were to display himself, how did he display? How did he let all of his goodness, all of his justice, all of his love, how did he display it? In one person, Jesus Christ. And he sent them to earth. In the message of the gospel, in Jesus Christ. That is why if you and I don't spend time and appropriate the glory of Jesus Christ and what is done. That's my main purpose of discipleship. Do you know that? My main purpose is that we must allow Christ and his glory to be internalized within us. So what is this glory? The whole Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is now manifested in Jesus Christ. So let's talk about the glory of God's love. What is the glory of God's love? For God so loved the world. How did he love the world? How do we see the glory of God's love the world? He has to send his only son. Why? So that he would now perish and man would not perish. What does that show? The mercy of God. Amen? The mercy of God. Jesus had to come and demonstrate the mercy of God. Yes, God wants to, you know, we are... 
God had, if, if God were righteous, He has to count our sins against us. Do you know that? If God is going to be just, all our sins is going to be important to Him. But because God is merciful, He has to deal with sin, which is why Romans 1 begins to say, and God sent His Son as a sin offering so that the right and to be an atoning sacrifice for sin, whatever that means, so that the righteous requirements of the law is met in Jesus. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It simply means this. Now, wow, this is the glory of God's love. The mercy of God is this. You and I don't have to satisfy God by meeting all the laws. But you and I need to know Jesus and receive Jesus. For Jesus has satisfied all the requirements of the law. So, that, so much so that when God looks at Pastor Jeffrey, when God looks at Kim, Kim, you are righteous. Are you really man? How am I righteous? Huh? Because Jesus has satisfied all the requirements of the law. Second thing, how is God going to deal with justice? Justice demands that we who have walked away from God, who have rebelled against God, who don't want God. Actually, we're all enemies of God before we become Christians. Do you know that? In actual fact, that's why when you talk to a pre-believer, they struggle. They struggle because their, their minds are at enmity with God. How on earth does God then deal with such enemies? Punishment. But how does God, in His justice, does the punishment? He cannot just show mercy. He must be just. How does He demonstrate His justice? Jesus bore our punishment on the cross. You know, we're coming towards Good Friday. We're coming towards Easter. I pray that even at this season, we will begin to appropriate more and more of the gloriousness of Jesus. In fact, I want to add this. The next thing that is so powerful is this. You know, come, come back to Haggai. Come back to Haggai. Look at the book of Haggai. Look at chapter 2. The glory of God is also His abiding presence. Am I right? Am I right? God loves to be with us. Do you know that? How many of you love God's presence? Amen? How many of you love God's presence? How many of you want to be sure that God can dwell with us? How many of you want to be sure? Question is, how can we be sure? So look at Haggai chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 4. Now, this morning, Pastor Chu preached a really powerful message. And he says, the promise of God is that He will be with us. The how can we be sure? How can we be sure that God will be with us? Do I have to become like Pastor Chu? Do I have to be served more? Do I have to do more? What is it? What will, do I need to memorize the Bible? What will make me sure that God will be with me? So come with me, Haggai chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 4. And then he says, be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, be strong, O you people, and work. But for I am with you, declares the Lord. And look at verse 5. This is what Lord then began to say. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit will remain in you. Do not fear. Underline the word covenanted with you. Now, I cannot do justice to this word, but I'll try my best in just three minutes. How do we know that God is going to be with us? In the midst of all this virus, Psalm 91, it says, they that dwell under the shelter of the Most High shall rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my strength and my refuge, my, my tower and my refuge, in whom I trust. I will not fear the deadly pestilence nor the foul snare. 
For under your wings I will find refuge. Under your feathers you will cover me. And under your wings you will, uh, you will cover me. Your faithfulness will be my shield and my rampart. How can I be sure that God is going to cover us with His feathers? How can I be sure that God is going to be with us in trouble? How can I be sure that we are dwelling under the shelter of His wings? The blood of Jesus Christ. How many of you took communion last weekend? Yeah. Do you know communion is a declaration of covenant? Do you know what the blood of Jesus Christ means? Do you know what this beautiful emblem is? It's a betrothal. In fact, let me share this with you. The Jewish marriage ceremony, the most powerful part is not the wedding day. The most powerful part is the engagement, the betrothal. Because that's when the bridegroom takes the cup and he drinks it. And the same cup, the bride takes it and drinks it. And the bridegroom says, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do I part, I will never give up on you. The power and the glory of Jesus is that when Jesus took that cup and drank it, he says to you and to me, you are my bride. My eyes will always be upon you. My ears will always be attentive to your prayers. And I am with you because I paid the ultimate price. I'm going to ask you this question. How many of you have bought a diamond ring before? Okay, if you've got married, you should buy one, huh? Is it expensive? Uh, see, Isaac says to you, very expensive. Uh, cost you an arm and a leg, right? I uh, don't tell June, uh, Kim uh, how much it costs. Uh, I tell you, uh, cost you an arm and a leg. Uh. So when you have invested something in something, if she were to lose the diamond ring, won't you get a little bit upset? Right? Yeah, she has that. Oh my gosh, don't, don't, no wonder she's upset. Yeah, no wonder he looks a bit upset at times. In other words, if you have invested big time into something, won't you go and look for it? How many of you have bought houses? Oh, you don't buy houses? Okay, I'm sure you have. Huh? Don't you invest? I know the ladies do. Well, buy this, lah, buy that, lah, make it nice. Lah. And then if you go inside the house and you destroy it, they will kill you. Won't they? They will kill you. That is why. If you destroy his temple, he will kill you because he has invested big time into you. That is why I am confident that as I dwell under the cover of the covenantal love of God, the word faithfulness uh, is covenantal love. The most powerful type of love is faithful, loyal love. A total commitment of himself to us. That is the glory of God. Ladies and gentlemen, give Jesus a big clap offering. I know. That's why the psalmist goes on to say in Psalm 91, you know something? This morning, we're training your children to recite Psalm 91 so that they carry this glory cloud. Do you know, it's a very powerful thing. Do you know something? Perfect love casts out fear. What is the perfect love? Love that I'm in covenant with God. Do you know fear attracts diseases? Covenant love casts out fear. So I'm training the children. I told Jeremy and I told Julia, train the children to recite Psalm 91. You know, it goes on to say, I will not fear the terror of the night. I will not fear the arrows that fly by day. I will not fear the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. I will not fear the plague that strikes at noonday. Do a thousand fall at my right hand, ten thousand on my left. It will not come near me. Why? Because they that dwell under the covenant love of Jesus Christ rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
And the psalm goes on to say, if you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you call, I will answer. And as we sing, I love you, Lord, no matter what, I will love you, Lord. He will protect you. Read the psalm. Go home, memorize the psalm. Use this time to memorize the psalm. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. In fact, it says, with long life, I will satisfy you. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. Come on, give Jesus a big clap offering. You know, I want to say about Jesus, I don't have time, but I'm going to say this. Who has destroyed death? Come on, give me an answer. Who has destroyed death? Only five people think Jesus has destroyed death. Who has destroyed death? Who has destroyed the darkness? Who has defeated the devil? Who has made you and me the son of God? Who has given us identity? Who has called us beloved? The glory of God is made manifest is Jesus. And who is sitting at the right hand of God interceding for us? Do you know you and I think we're so grand interceding for the world? Do you know Jesus yesterday, yesterday morning's prayer, the glory of God came in and when we were thinking we're so grand, right? Jesus says, I am interceding for China. Are you? Wow. This is the glory of God. If you and I were to understand, I just say this, my brother, I know I haven't done a good job to explain everything to you. How can I? How can I explain the glory of God in Christ Jesus? In just... Half an hour. Because he's magnificent. He's beyond description. But above all, think of what Jesus has done. Jesus has destroyed death. Jesus has conquered the devil. Jesus is the light in the darkness. Jesus has caused his life. Do you know what Jesus has done? The life of God can now flow into my veins. That's why the love of God is my saviour. Come and flood my heart with joy like a fresh and flowing river and His mercies can be new every morning. Amen? It's not just yesterday, today, but it's every day. Lord's love is refreshing us. Amen? So, you know something? Let's now ask ourselves. God has did this amazing covenant with us. Let's declare this covenant. This is the goodness of God. Let's say, this is the covenant of God through Jesus Christ. Why don't we say this together? What is it then we receive? Look at the glory of God. As Jesus was punished, what do we receive? Forgiveness. So let's go through this. It's so powerful. Shall we stand up for a moment so that you, you give me a break so that I don't look at you and feel that I have to shout at you? So like, come on, let's do this together. This is the covenant. Amen. Everybody say, this is the covenant of God. That's why the Bible is called a new covenant, old covenant. Amen. It's the promises of God. A promises of God is only yay and amen because of Jesus Christ. How many of you have believed in Jesus Christ? Now, for those of you who have not, you will not enjoy this covenant. Today is the day of salvation for you. So let's say this together. One, say strong because it's a covenant promise. One, two, three, go. Jesus was punished that I might be forgiven. Jesus was wounded that I might be healed. Jesus was made sin without sinfulness that I might be made righteous with his righteousness. Jesus died our death that we might have his life. 
Jesus endured our shame that we might have His glory. Jesus was rejected that we might have His acceptance. Jesus endured our poverty that we might have His abundance. And our old man was crucified in Him that the new man might come alive in us. And everybody shout, Hallelujah! Come on! Whoa! You may be seated. But the, so the glory of the latter house is Jesus Christ. But the glory of the latter house cannot just remain in Jesus. Jesus came that we might receive. Everybody said, Jesus came that we might receive. So the glory of the latter house cannot just be about Jesus. It has to be manifested in the people he came to. So unless Christ is received, and Christ is experienced, and then Christ is shared and expressed, the glory cannot be full. So it's not just Christ has come, but Christ must be received. How sad it is. Can you imagine that actually uh, my husband loves me, let's, before I get married, imagine the boyfriend, girlfriend first, uh, and he loves me so much, you know, and he loves me so much, you know, and he says, will you marry me? You know, if you marry me, all that I have is yours, including my bank account. <laughs> and then I said, Oh, sounds really good. You've got a big bank account. You've got so much love. But I don't want to. Will his bank account become my bank account? No, no. And then, you know, sir, will his name become my name? No, no. You know the power of the name Mrs. Chiu? This is how I use my names. If I want to buy anything, I always say I'm Mrs. Chiu. <laughs> now he knows. Whenever I buy anything, I never put that name, Dr. Liu la or Pastor Li Chu la. It's Mrs. Chiu. Why? Uh? She's a cow. <laughs> Amen. That's called receiving. And how can now? So is it, what did I do when I got married? I crossed a line. I crossed a line from knowing about his bank accounts and his love to recipient of the bank account and his love. Today, if you have not received Jesus Christ, cross the line. If you want to experience shame into glory, woundedness into healing, brokenness into wholeness, cross the line. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I almost feel like giving altar call now. Yeah, but get ready for the altar call. This is the only altar call I will do today. But having received, most of you, how many of you have received Jesus Christ? Say, I've crossed the line. Now I'm receiving his bank account. It's more than a bank account. It's the whole glory, right? It's so much, right? You must also experience him. The sad part of many Christians is that having received Jesus Christ, they know they don't continue in him. Now, what does it mean to experience Jesus Christ? It means that not only do you know about him, but as you interact with him, as you spend time with Jesus Christ, as you read the Bible, as you fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, and you think of all that God has done, something of the truths of Jesus Christ becomes a reality. So let me just give you this very good verse from, I just love it, it's in the Passion Bible. Come, let's read it together. 
Come on, let's read it together. One, two, three, go. There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations and is now being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people and God wants everyone to know it. Isn't that amazing? So God is saying, you are the, going to be the glory of the latter house because Christ in you is the hope of glory. So how do we experience Christ? John says this, when we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes, we should touch with our own eyes, and we have seen him, we testify about him, we proclaim him to you, and our fellowship is with Father and His Son. So what is it? How do we experience Christ? Number one, you must come close to Christ. You don't just hear about Him. Now, Pastor Chu just said this to the other two services. The other two services are full, full. So I want to say this again. If you only come up to Chinese New Year and then up to February, March come, Summa Suda Hilang, you will never experience Jesus Christ. And even if you come, you never read the Bible, you never spend time with God, you never wrestle through the issues of your life, you have never seen Him, you have never felt Him, you have never touched Him, you have never had fellowship with Him. You know, last week, how many of you are so blessed by Pastor Ferguson's sermon? So blessed, right? I remember his sermon about this thing about his eyes. I didn't know that men's eyes look everywhere, one, huh? Uh, yeah, I didn't know. So I thought it was so powerful. Pray also can see one. Huh? Uh, do you know the problem? Incidentally, women's eyes also look everywhere. When I finish my sermon, the only thing they'll tell me, uh, hey, today, uh, Pastor Lee your jacket too big. Lah. And I'll tell you why. Because no small size. So I bought a very cheap ball. I get rid of it. And they tell me what shoes I wore. That day, the shoe you wore, I can't remember what shoe I wore. So they also got eyes one. But how did he experience victory over darting eyes? Oh, the Word of God. He began, see, number one, he began to experience the power, the glory of the Christ who does not condemn. Jesus, when He points something to you, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believe in Him shall be saved and shall not perish. Next verse. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world. But that through the world, that to him, the world might be saved. In other words, the glory of God, when he worked, when we talk to him, when we spend time with him, when we're dealing with these issues, is not finding fault with us. In fact, you know something? The truth, the glory of God, God is for us, not against us. That's the glory of God. I mean, there's lots of things God's against in my own life. I'm sure God doesn't like a lot of things in my life. But He never judges me. He doesn't treat me as my sins deserve because Jesus bore the judgment. Amen? Why is it God doesn't condemn us? Because Jesus was condemned that we might be justified. Amen? Amen? And that is why when He could, he could, he could be comfortable in God's space and God could speak to him and say, now follow me, follow me. Just look ahead, look ahead, look ahead. I don't know why He's looking ahead, but look ahead. And because of that, He experienced victory from darting eyes. I have experienced the victory from rejection. I don't know why I feel rejection one. I feel everybody loved, my husband don't love me one. That was long, long ago, like long, long ago, before SIB was born. In the old, old days, like, those people in Sabah, like, you know. Like, huh? uh, so, uh, 
I, I feel rejection, man. No, so I am very very conscious that nobody loves me. Actually, the real truth is I reject myself. So how did then? How did God? How did I experience the glory of God? God began to say to me, "I am for you, not against you. Even if one million people don't love you, remember, I'm for you." Wow, that is truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. And now I don't have to prove myself to God. I don't have to say I must fast longer. I must be kinder. I must be more compassionate. He accepts me. He's for me. Now he says, work on that rejection. And then he begins to teach us. That's why I begin to experience. He says, be anchored in my love. If I'm for you, not against you. If I did not withhold my only son, how shall I not also give you everything? Is God that justifies? Why do you condemn yourself? It's me that's going to sit here and make sure this gets through. And because of that, today, ah, you don't need to reject me. Ah, I love you forever, Wano. <laughs> Amen. So I have. So, so now, what is the glory? The glory is the victory on the cross. Is now my victory. And do you know something? When this is now shown to the world, a glory appears. I look at the situation in China. I believe God is dealing with this great problem called fear. How on earth will having Jesus, receiving Jesus, experiencing Jesus, set them free from fear? Now, let me show you what is happening in China. Look at this man. This is what is happening in China. In the midst of all that fear, here is a pastor. Actually, I, I don't think he's a pastor. A pastor in Wuhan, way before, way before the Wuhan virus struck, began to say, even though China is now persecuting Christians and clamping down on that, because the glory of God is Jesus, he refused to be silenced. He began to go out to the streets and share Jesus. And do you know something? Nothing, the shakings of God has come. And in the midst of the shaking, what remains? The gospel of hope. So this man, with his whole team of churches, has gone out to Wuhan. You can actually Google it. They sent it to me by Google. I'm, I'm super not good at these things. But, and they are wearing this yellow thing. They have a tract and they have a mask. Because today in China, money cannot buy masks anymore. Money, you see, in the shakings of God, all that man leans on cannot help them. Governments do not know what to do. Scientists do not know what to do. All the cleverness of God do not know what to do. But God knows what to do. So one of the most beautiful things coming out of the Wuhan virus is the testimony of the Chinese where the glory of God is being manifested. So what does this group of people do? They go around and I saw, someone even sent me one, all in Chinese, where he shares the gospel. Very nice one, that one. So, boy, so nice, you know. And do you know something? All three men say, yeah, 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 yeah. They want to receive Jesus. You know why? Everyone is looking for hope. Who is the living hope? Who is the living hope, my brothers and sisters? Do you have hope? Do you have Jesus? Yes. Do you know it's so powerful? The man shared on the video, he says, You can't woman, ah. Because 
因为上帝耶稣, I don't know how to say the rest in Chinese. Uh, has, killed, has destroyed death. How do you say it in Chinese? Uh, wow, 你们很会讲的是怎么样? <laughs> Wow, so good, no? Wow, you can see, you know, this this guy's actually is a testimony. It's a testimony coming out of China. They were saying that one policeman came to look, listen. He also took the mask and the track. Then he got another policeman also came to take the mask and the track. By that time, then they bring another three more, five more policemen to take the mask and the track. Not the mask, the track. Why? When fear grips, perfect love casts out fear. My brothers and sisters, it's truly the time to appropriate the glory of Jesus Christ. How much, you know, the apostle John says, Beloved, how great is the manner the Father has lavished, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us to make us called children of God. And then he says, Aha! It's not just a fact. It's the truth. It's, this is what we are. So you and I need to begin to use this season. Says, I am betrothed to my Father in heaven. I am my Father's child because of Jesus Christ. Of course, He will watch over me. Do you watch over your children, Uncle Pastor Jeffrey? Yes. Do you watch over your son? Your son is here. You better say yes. <laughs> we all watch over our children. If we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven who sacrificed His own Son? What's the proof of God's love? Jesus Christ. And that is why I believe, even as we move forward, not only will the glory of God come when we talk about Jesus, not only will the glory of God in this house be greater as we receive Him, all of us must receive Jesus and we must experience, we must have stories, we must have breakthroughs, we must have victories in our life. We, if we are living in fear, then what is the glory? What glory cloud are we talking about? If all of us live in rejection, what glory cloud are we talking about? If all of us live in lust, what glory cloud are we talking about? Until we experience victory over rejection, victory over shame, victory over fear, we have no glory cloud. But God has given us victory through Jesus Christ. Amen? 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 And that is why the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former when Christ is preached, when Christ is received, when Christ is experienced, and now Christ is manifested and expressed. Now I want to share a story. In fact, so many stories. I want to end with this story inside our own house when Christ is expressed. He, this man is a homeless man. He's so homeless that uh, uh, our kids zone and kids station, Pastor, uh, Vincent and Pastor Jeremy, found him on the streets of Sunway Mass. And as the love, like the love of my sweet Savior, can man flood your heart with joy, like a fresh and flowing river every morning. As you spend time with God, that is what must flow to you. Vincent and Jeremy went to look for him. And do you know what they did? They were so amazing. They resettled him, put him in a, in a, in a, in a home, right? You want to hear the full story? Ask Pastor Gilbert. And today, he's nicely settled in. And do you know because of that, the Kampung Champaka in Sunday Mass is convinced we are Loa Biasa. It's actually not us that's Loa Biasa. It's actually Jesus. Jesus received. Everybody said, Jesus received. Jesus experienced. Now Jesus expressed. 
I give you one more story, which is why we want you to serve. This is even more powerful. You see, one person cannot express the glory of God. You know why? God is too glorious. Amen? He needs the whole body, all three, four, five thousand of you to express the glory of God. Now, this is a very good story because it involves multiple ministries in this church. This story came to my knowledge because of children's ministry. Julia told me the story. This little boy came to church with his mother. His mother is a lady called Corinne. It's a very sad story because this little boy lost his father, I think four or five years ago, to cancer. But when Corinne also had cancer, this is the mother, had cancer, she was not yet a believer. But a friend met her and told her, now this is the glory of the latter house, my brothers and sisters, in SIB. People don't even know about us. They've never been to our church, but they know there's a glory cloud. So this friend tells us, go to SIB. They have a healing ministry. So what happened? He comes to, she comes to the healing ministry and she meets our healing and people and she's so blessed because there's joy, there's hope, even though she has cancer. It's not cancer that will ravage her sometimes. It's a loss of hope. So they minister to her and they bring her to church. And lo and behold, praise God for all of you in church, on Easter 2019, she accepts Jesus Christ. She receives Jesus Christ. But the cancer ravages on. And so she goes down now to your department, the hospitality lounge. And in the hospitality lounge, the hospitality people talk to her and says, Hey, your son, ah, so small, ah, can I take you to Todd Zone? And so brings the son, his name is Scott, brings his son to Todd Zone. And Todd Zone, wow, he is, he is a very lost boy. In Todd Zone, he's running up and down and creating havoc. And poor Julia is like going mad and all that. Julia decides to call the mother and learns about the story of Scott and realizes that the reason why this boy, when he comes to Thought Zone, suddenly becomes crazy is because at home, he carries the burden, a four-year-old boy carries the burden of the mother of having no father and a mother that might die. Think of ministry. Now, children's ministry, my brothers and sisters, is not what you think. Think of ministry to a child like that. It's amazing what our people have done. They loved her. They loved him. They talked to the mother. They begin to tell Julia, it's just so amazing. Tell the mother, come in to Thought Zone and just be there so that he knows you are not going to go away. They only had four months to do this. Only four months Talk about four months in the book of Haggai when God is dealing with lives. Time is of the essence. Just four months because in four, by the fourth month, the mother had to go for surgery and in the surgery, she died. Scott is without mother and father now. But you know, during the wake service, can I have my picture back? You know, if you want a full story, go and talk to some people. You come and talk to me privately, I'll tell you. It's just amazing. This little boy, without a mother and father, somehow of the presence of God, incidentally, our children's ministry was there, our prayer ministry was there, and I don't know who else was there. Pastor Jeremy was there. They surround him with love. 
only reason why we can give out love is that we have received love and we have experienced love. Now we can express love. And do you know in that whole ceremony, in that whole time, the cousin came to know the Lord and I think they are here. They're in the service now. This whole family now is saying, wow, what has happened? What has happened? The love of God expressed. Amen. That's how the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Jesus received. Jesus experienced because we have received love. We have experienced His love. We are no longer unstable. We are no longer constantly feeling rejected. We are no longer fearful. Now love is expressed. Do you know yesterday, I went to Life Center's Chinese New Year gathering. There were so many of SMCC there that we have to build a bigger Life Center. It was bursting. 250 people squashed into one tiny room. People sense the glory of God is in the house. And that is why we are asking you to come in and build the house. Uh, build 2020. It's not about serving. It's about building. I train my people to say this. It's not serving that God uses. So I was training my uh, ladies as well as some of my people that I'm training. And one lady said this, serving is the engine that will drive me to know God better. That is why you serve. Let serving be the engine that propels you to experience more God. Don't you think you've experienced God's love? Don't you think, uh, I won't mention the name. They all tell me, don't mention name, don't mention name. So I cannot mention any name. So you I don't know, I don't know. After I tell you privately. Don't you think the people in, in hospitality are amazed that this little act of talking to a new believer, a new person, and accompanying that person, not just talking, but taking him to kids' zone, was so important and so critical, and they only had that one chance to do it? Don't you think they would, be, they would say, to, Whoa, what a glory cloud is on my life. Don't you think that the person that, that ministered to the children, the, the teachers, the helpers, don't you think as they try to control Scott, don't you think they're saying, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we didn't chuck him away. We didn't say, don't come anymore. You make so much noise. Yeah, we need more helpers. We need have more helpers. We need more helpers because the glory of God is wanting to be manifested in this house. Amen. Let's sing, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I God has been released. 
all eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you do not yet know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you have not yet made a public declaration, you probably would have heard of Jesus. Someone has shared him to you in school, in college, in a workplace, or in among friends. But you have never made a public declaration of your faith in Jesus Christ today. And all heads are bowed, all eyes are closed. You want to do that. So that that divine exchange at the cross, from sadness to joy, from death to life, spiritual death, from sickness to healing, now becomes your portion. And you have never done that publicly, with all eyes closed, all heads bowed, and you want to do that. Can I invite you, at a count of three, to raise up your hands. By raising up your hands, you say to me, Pastor, today I've heard about Jesus. Today I want to receive Him. And you've never done that. So all heads bowed, all eyes closed. At a count of three, you stretch your hands high enough for me to see, whether in the floor or in the balcony. One, two. Jesus says, Peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Do not let your heart be troubled. No fear. Do not let it be afraid. Because perfect love casts out fear. So at the count of three, you stretch your hand. No one looking around between you and God. One, two, three. Stretch it up high. You have not yet done that publicly. You want to do that today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else in the floor? Just look at the floor. Anybody else besides this gentleman? Anybody else? I'm looking at the balcony now. Is there anyone here who have not yet accepted Jesus Christ but want to do so? Can you just stretch your hands high enough for me to see? Is there anyone in the balcony? Praise God. Let's give out a clap offering for this gentleman. I know it's hard, but can I encourage you? Can you come forward? You don't mind? So that we can help you, sir. It's okay with you? Right? If not, then someone will come to you. It's okay with you? All right. Do you, do you, do you see who it is? Can you stretch your hand up again so that we can come to you? You don't have to, you don't have to come. We come to you. see right never mind don't worry all right praise God God is good all right the glory of the latter house is Jesus Christ in this church we are Christ-centered we are Bible-based we are spirit-powered everybody say Christ-centered Bible-based spirit-powered non-negotiable Everything that we do honors the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the programs, it's about Jesus. We are Bible based. Unapologetically, we preach the word. And we are not man driven, we are spirit powered. Amen.
Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Pastor Dichu. Thank you, Jesus. Father, even as we move forward, even as we go forward into the world, Father, we thank you. And now may the love of God our Father manifested in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be our portion. Father, we thank you that the covenant of love is upon us. So Father, even we said to us, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you because my covenant with you is a covenant of love, joy and peace. And everyone who knows Jesus and loves Jesus say, Amen.